Hi, and welcome to the Unheard Conversation. My name is Anne-Marie. My name is Kofi. And in this series of conversations, we're going to be talking about being black and middle class in the UK today. That's right. And this is kind of a family affair because Kofi's my nephew. And Anne-Marie's my aunt. That's right. And these are the conversations that we would have in our houses. So what we did and what we thought is that we just welcome you to the conversation. Yeet! Hi, and welcome to episode two of the Unheard Conversation. My name is Anne-Marie. His name is... Kofi, and she's my aunt, of course. And that's my nephew. (laughs) (laughs) And the other laughter that you hear (laughs) in the background is my other nephew, Kwame. You might know him as KZ the producer, but um, yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Excuse me, my voice has kind of gone today, but we have... We're going to do this. Of course cool. we are. Cool uh, in the and game. obviously he's my brother too. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to let the listeners know. Yeah, but, um, it's, a, it's a family affair. It is a family affair. It's a wonderful concept, guys, by the way. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you very much. So today we're going to pick up kind of where we left off from episode one. Episode one was all about identity and Micah was talking about um, going to private school and just you know, navigating his experiences through home and street and school, really. Um, And so I thought that leads us quite nicely onto the unconscious connection, who we kind of um, gravitate towards because of um, what makes us feel safe. So I'm I'm just going to start off by reading this quote. In the field of psychology... The subconscious refers to that part of consciousness that we are unaware of. It is information that we are not actively aware of in the moment, but that can influence us nevertheless, such as things that are heard, seen or remembered. So, for instance, in the subconscious, we might be having a conversation and a dog might pass by and we won't instantly recall that, but if probed and asked, we'll be able to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was talking to Kwame and Kofi, a black dog came by and we can give information about it. The unconscious mind, on the other hand, is a term coined by Freud to refer to a part of the mind that cannot be known by the conscious mind and includes socially unacceptable ideas, wishes and desires, traumatic memories and painful emotions that have been repressed. There was a lot in episode one that was quite painful mm. and, you know, that had been repressed. Um, and I, I just want to talk about today. I want to just dive into, because of our experiences, who we, we, who we gravitated towards growing up. So I'll, I'll kick this off to kind of make make sense of it right so I went to a school where there was mainly lots of white people and there was a few black people there um and then when I left I went to normal college and it was the first time in my life that I'd seen thousands upon thousands of people or not thousands upon thousands but loads of people in one building in my school there was about 300 tops yeah um and then there was loads of black people Mm. And then there were loads of white people and there were the goth and there were the this lot and there was the that lot and the other. And I could choose 
who I gravitated towards. And so the first time in my life, I gravitated towards like the black lot at, at, at college. But then within that, I then realized, well, I didn't realize mm. then at the time, but I then gravitated towards people who were kind of like me, mm. in a sense, that kind of had the same upbringing at home. Um, uh, this sounds really bad. But uh, you, you gravitated to, to other black people who had the same upbringing that you had at home? Uh, I would, uh, yeah, other black people, mixed race and black, uh, that that were like me. So my my good good friend group, you know, uh, you could bring colorism into this. Uh, were lighter skinned. When I was younger, I was a lot lighter. So um, I gravitated towards really light skin and mixed race people, um, because in a sense, that's kind of looking back on it now that's kind of how i saw myself in a sense because of the duality of who uh, i went to school with do you know what i mean and that sort of stuff um and and how i felt we had the same kind of upbringing you know mum and dad both in the house bloody bloody blah um spoke really well that type of stuff mm. i realized that those are the types of people that I gravitated to. Yeah. And that's not to say that there weren't other people who were like that. But looking back on it now, I realised that I gravitated towards light and mixed race people mm. who basically I felt were like me, mm. in a sense. That's where I felt safe. That's where I felt at home. It's like a mirror image. I mean, it's interesting because I think within this conversation, there's... There's a lot of intersectionality going on. Yeah. And it's weird because I think like for for myself, I know, you know, I'm sure you guys know as well, like I had I struggled with a lot of the identity issues growing Tell up. Tell us a bit about that. Tell us a bit well, about yourself growing up. So coming from a, a, a predominantly, you know, intellectual and artistic family, but who had who were very rooted in um in black culture, very rooted in in, in a lot of black movements and revolutionary thoughts and, and ideas and just general you know pride in who we are who our ancestry was prior to the caribbean um who we are as black brits that you know that was he heavily enforced um not in, in not in the negative sense but that was heavily enforced um in in our house in our in my household in growing up with my grandma growing up with my my mum and my dad and for a very long time that was you know the only identity I'd say I, I knew um, mm. and when, when you are a child, I guess you just kind of follow in the, in the, in the steps of the people around you, mm. um, especially with the bedrock of Christianity and kind of, you know, those things are really cemented yeah. um, into you as a child. And I think also what played an ins what's played a, a significant part. Um, and, and I only know this in hindsight is, you know, you going to a predominantly black school and a black private school when I was younger mm. did shape the person who I am, but also created a lot of conflict the the older I got, and that also in in turn came with uh, my family's socioeconomics growing and and mm. and, and and widening and, and getting bigger, and you know that it, it's that notion of we're, we're moving up, mm. and as our as you know your generation did that, and my generation benefited off that, mm. we went from all black private schools to all white prep schools essentially. 
and yeah. then moving into white areas and white neighborhoods and then being met with i guess a very foreign landscape but a landscape which was still taught um to us and a landscape which we were told to thrive in because we should be fortunate to kind of be here not just because we're black and these are white people but because it, you know you guys have worked hard to provide um a foundation I'm and yeah. definitely echo that and we can and you know um, and we should make the most of it and, and, and in a sense it wasn't said but it was like assimilate mm. and assimilate well and learn how to to balance that and so going what do you mean by assimilate so it means that w- what i meant by assimilate was go there and learn all you need to learn from these people and, and learn from these environments find out okay. why they tick why they work adopt the behaviors not necessarily to become like them but mm. to essentially learn how to operate in the world you understand know? yeah because you know growing up as well it was as as much as we had privilege and we, and we were taught you know and had access to, to great things we were also very aware that we're black and we live in a world that doesn't you know isn't conducive to our existence and hasn't been for a very long time and as a black boy mm. and you know there were rules about how i have to operate on the street the drilling the, the current drilling every single time and um was you're not like your white friends and i'll go back to that in a second but you know being taught how to operate in the world as a black boy mm. whilst being in a predominantly white area that of people who you know at the mm. time come from certain uh, a similar socioeconomic backgrounds but not necessarily the same background in terms of what they know about themselves and the access that they have to their roots and their culture and even some of the black people that were that that were there they weren't even in tune with that so mm. being in those white spaces it you know for me who i was a really sensitive child and i was quite open to just wanting to be around everyone and loving everyone and you go into these spaces and you want you know the feeling isn't reciprocated mm. yeah um and you quickly subconsciously learn that actually i need to i, w- I want to make friends as a child i just want to be involved yeah you know, i, w- I want to feel like i am one of the guys or you know go out with one of the girls and it was it was very difficult to do that because i you know at one moment i'm at home and we're like black rights black power and everything is <coughs> is very much about our culture and our history and, we, and, I, and 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 love and you know being an open black child and coming from such a love and, and, and the family that we come from and then going to you know going to these schools and going to these spaces where that isn't reciprocated or it's, it's completely foreign to them you mm. start feeling like an outsider mm. and mm. so for me the very first thing i did i was like well i need to you know learn how to be white and okay. you know you'd remember like i'd when I'd run through Nan's hair products just trying to straighten my hair or, or, <laughs> <laughs> or, wow. or like, or, you know, dressing like a goth because that was, the grunge was the in thing yeah. at the time, purposely learning how to skateboard, just doing anything that was stereotypically white at the time. I remember was, that. You know? Wow. Yeah. And, now and, you say and, that. And, yeah. even, and even to the point, like, I mean, it's helped me now, but like I learned guitar because I was inspired by a lot of the white kids who would play mm. and the white boys that I would see in bands and, they were the ones that were getting the attention and, and because there wasn't that much of a pool of black people and the black people that was in the schools that we went to, especially my primary school, um, mm. they, you know, for lack of a better term, they were you know, very simple and didn't really, they were just happy to be there yeah. as opposed to trying to break the mold, you know, and, mm. and, and, and trying to create a space. And I mean, we can't expect that of eight-year-olds. You know, yeah, nine yeah, year of olds, course. But yeah. when... Mm. When something like that is also instilled in you, it, it creates a conflict and it creates an uncomfortability as you grow older. And it creates a, a question which really and truly I couldn't really answer from complete honesty until like last year, which was who who actually am I? Wow. You then go, I then move into secondary school when, you know, it's about, it's it's a it pretty much should have been a private school, but it's not. And you 
she's got about three thousand kids there like everything's huge they again similar background all socioeconomics you have a few black kids who are from like the lower socioeconomic background who are let in due to you know just equality and things like that but Mm. i get there and and similar to you i'm like oh i see all these groups of people who i can you know i guess i can kind of click with but who like who am i really clicking with so what i would do in school for a very long time is just bounce around yeah and from like year seven to about year to about year nine i i was the coconut you know um and especially having a, a father in the way that we had a father where you know people knew who he was it's like the black kids are always like well you're rich so you you don't really have a similar upbringing to us you know and i'm like my brother my mom was in Tottenham maybe just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i echoed this on the last episode <laughs> you know what i'm saying and it's like no yeah it's like and so there isn't that brotherly love that bond that we are taught at home so yeah. you're like well actually well then let me go hang with the white kids and then the white kids you then become the token black guy in your white in your white circle mm. and you know at the time just because you want to be in you don't really care about that and then you go all right cool let me move from that to trying to be i don't know let me hang with the nerds because i like i'm into things like that, i like chess and whatever or let me hang with the musician and then there isn't you know the, the, i prided myself on being able to do that quite a lot because mm. that was the only thing that made me feel comfortable being able okay. to just hop and having the means to code switch when some of my other counterparts couldn't do that but you lose a sense of self in doing mm. that because you know you leave and the only ident- the only part of my identity I could really hang on to was my creativity, and that's what a lot of people know me for, as opposed to me looking at myself and going, "No, this this is what makes Kwame. This is what makes up Kwame, you know." And 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 who I am, and and even getting to a point where I said to myself, "Oh, I need to be more black because." So what does that mean to to be more black? Well, this is it. Yeah, we've been Go- struggling with this across you know, the going through mm. well, going through those notions because I I still don't have a concrete answer. Mm. What, I can do I. Th- what, what I do know is that black is is full of flavors. You know, there is it's a spectrum, and it's actually something that I'm championing at the moment because we have an archetype or had an archetype of what it meant to be black, and that's something that I had adopted when I was younger when I decided to try to be more black, which unfortunately was the negative stereotype, okay. which was let me just go out with the the man that I'm about. So let me just force myself into this place. Let me seem less than I am to fit in with um, the hood stars or the guys who are selling drugs or the guys who are going on eats or whatever you know what i'm saying it, like it was like no, i don't know what going on eats means. <laughs> <laughs> guys who guys wow. who were you know pe- teaching pe- pe- more people than who were teaching things that didn't belong to them okay, okay. from other people who were you know, five a lot, finger a discount if you want to call it discount from okay. like that. guys in hampstead <laughs> <laughs> oh my days we might edit that bit out but, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah keeping and, it raw but literally but yeah but and, and so trying to trying to really fit into that and so that I feel like, you know, what is what is being black? The older I've got, I've realized it is a spectrum. Mm. You know, we we why are we not having conversations? Oh, we're having conversations like this now, but why are we not seeing the different pockets of black? The black people who aren't necessarily into rap or hip hop, you know, the, the, the black people who aren't. What? No, no, no. What's sorry? I got stuck. There. What's wrong with rap and hip hop? No, no, no. no sis, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with. <laughs> there's nothing but wrong with rap. I don't know about trap. I don't know about trap. But like again, yeah. take, take, taking music is just like a base point to kind of you know identify people. It's like you want you have black people who who love contemporary jazz or who like to go to the park and sit down by themselves or who like to go and have coffees and do things that wouldn't t- typically stereotypically be, be, black. be black basically and he's trying to describe me <laughs> <laughs> but even you is a good example because it's like sipping on your timbrit you latte know? right now <laughs> like it doesn't have to make you it doesn't have to take you out of your culture to just do the things that you like and and, and black people for yeah. a very long time have been you know the the uh, what i call the black other 
has has been undermined quite a lot, you know. Still it's to this day. Still to this day. I mean, even I mean, look at it like this. I mean, I was even having conversations about people when the elections were on and stuff. And you know, by the way, I don't vote conservative, but the fact that for a very long time in this country um, or anywhere, it's been if you're black, you must vote Labour. Yeah. And mm. not having the uh, the option, the privilege to choose when I if but I want to be conservative or or liberal mm. Democrat. And it's not saying that that their choices are bad or good. That's you know by the by. It's the fact that black people. We, we are seen through one lens and as opposed to kind of going, we, you know, we are on a spectrum. So, so let, let's bring it away from the wider context mm. and let's bring it more back to the personal, to Mm-mm-mm. the internal. So growing up, when you had that conflict of identity, that crisis of identity, who did you see yourself in? Who did you navigate to in your friendship groups? Who did you feel safe with so post school let's let's take it from post school say 16 because that's quite been quite a pivotal point on in our series of podcasts the age of 16 so say post 16 who did you see yourself in who were you comfortable with who did you navigate towards in terms of friendships well that's an interesting question because i think like even past 16 i was still trying to discover what that was and and, mm. and 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 who i was and who i did gravitate towards as opposed to who i wanted to gravitate towards but I think even pre sixteen and and even now it's like I I always gravitated to the those who felt like they were on the margins of being included or being mm. um, involved and being in, but mm. they still had a, an interesting quirk about them. So it could have been that you know they were the weird artists, but they were excellent at what they did. But they would they still didn't fit into any particular group. Like I was always like, who's the odd bo- who's the one odd one out? Because I know that we're going to relate on some level and I don't have to perform when I'm around these people. So psychologically, you felt odd. Absolutely. You felt like the odd one. Inadequate, yeah. super odd, not like not knowing. I, apart, like I said, I knew what I was good at mm. and I knew what I had been taught, but who I was as a person to define Kwame, I would be going around the houses before I, I came to a conclusive point. And so finding the people like, and, and these people, they were white, they were black, they were Indian, they were mixed race. Like it didn't, so it didn't matter about race, didn't it? Didn't it? Didn't matter about class. It was just nah, it you identified with the odd. I identified with the odd, and and then as I got older, I identified and would s- try to seek out, particularly black people, particularly black boys who had come from a similar upbringing to um to myself. To ah. s- you know, and because I and because the the black boys who I did know who came from a similar upbringing to myself were, in my opinion, somewhat lost, but didn't even realize it. No, really? Like, yeah, and um, lost in one way. What in a way, way where it's like I could see them performing for the groups that they were in in order to feel accepted, or they would lose a certain part of themselves. But I had a friend who, <laughs> and I could see it in him. We used to play an orchestra together, and we'd go out sometimes, and I had never really lost my rhythm, but <laughs> he. It's like I could see him purposely sometimes dancing off beat. Ah, purposely. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm like, why? He's get shut like, down. In but. Shoot, and, but like. He wouldn't even know that he's doing that, but because of the people that he was, he's either been around at school or just the way that he didn't want to associate with black culture because he felt rejected by them. It was mm. like, oh, I had to identify into something else, and so mm. he was he was he was happy to be the token black guy in his circle, and his circle was predominantly you know re- like really really educated and really cool people, but just predominantly white, maybe one mixed race person in there, but nothing that really pertained to black culture essentially, wow. and that. And and that for me was like I I understood immediately even intuitively why he was doing that you know because mm. 
and, and I knew his background, but for me, being around someone like him mm-hmm. was almost the closest thing to finding a bit more about myself and, you know, almost creating a tribe. Because that's what you want to do, you know? You, like, you, yeah, you want to find like-minded people. Absolutely. Yeah. And you want to find people who aren't afraid to genuinely be themselves, even though themselves haven't you know isn't isn't an archetype yet or hasn't mm. been portrayed anywhere or, or isn't something that you know people are, are familiar with and you know again always mm. being told that you know even as a black boy like if they can't place you they're going to just put you to the side and that you know that's something that i just felt for a very long time in my life and the only other safe place i felt that was within my family because mm. that was a no-brainer you know yeah. they got it and even going through my turmoil back and forth and, I c- and even in hindsight I, c- I could see why some of my behaviours even then were the way they were because it was like well, you're still trying to figure it out, out. yeah for sure trying to figure it out um, when, whereas most people can you know most people don't know what they want to do but they mm. probably know who they are I yeah. knew what I wanted to do but I didn't necessarily know who I was gosh that's mm. painful right yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so a lot but in the moment you don't know it's painful no you, you're you just, don't you're just going. because you're trying you'll you're, you're keep on going because Absolutely. you have to otherwise you know you're, you're keeping your head above the parapet yeah. or your yeah. head above water exactly. or, yeah, exactly. or whatever but I mean just putting that out there to all of us I mean it sounds like there's a an incredible amount of splitting going on in in ourselves yeah. do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. where a split off and i'm 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 this this is this part of um of my personality when i'm with this group and it and i'm i'm splitting off and being this to to that group but there's n- that you know but there's no reunification of all of those parts of yourself when do you think that reunification of parts of yourself began to surface come together and just be you know able to coexist with peace with yourself it i think it's something that um calm is mentioned and um dad mentioned as well about not finding to be in the right places and circles where you don't have to um defend something yeah yeah Yeah. and then and then going okay knowing that when you're going into a place where you're going to have to defend something and, and then armoring yourself with that but being in more environments where you don't have to defend something is then when you can the splitting doesn't have to happen absolutely because you know cool i'm going to go into this environment i'm going to be respected i'm not going to have to feel pressured to perform too much mm. mm-hmm. in order to assert me myself and then that's where you become more comfortable in yourself you start learning about what you like when you like it and how you're going to do it and obviously that still happens to this day of course because you as humans we you know we work with other people and we work with new people and we meet people every day so Mm. you it's a continual wheel that spins but you know putting the pieces together in work life or wherever it may be where you don't have to feel on the defense or that you may have to defend something is what i'd say is the the points and where that happens Mm. where you can you know not have to split not have to you know bring so many different pieces to the table mm. um, of yourself and for your peers or whoever may be around yeah, with I'd, you. I'd, I'd, I'd second that, like just not having to perform. Um, I'd, I'd say for me, like, it, again, it'll probably maybe have been like just three years ago now where I I felt more the, the most unified I've ever felt in my life before. Mm. Um, I think, and that was a combination of career going in a certain direction of certain life challenges that have forced me to grow and just accept certain parts of myself and be happy with those parts of myself 
and just not necessarily be afraid to be odd or be yeah. or be different and and find i think when i found when i found out that it's cool <laughs> to be you know very different i know it sounds cliche but i mean genuinely no, you embraced your oddness absolutely mm. and found solace in the quirks and and all the idiosyncrasies and found you know there's actually a way to 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 make a brand of this or to you know to improve your career and the things that you love and the people that you want around you mm. it's like actually cool yeah i'm 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 open to whatever change is going to come in my life now but where where i am at right now is is fine and i just i, w- I just want a level of peace and mm. then that's all i want so once peace of mind becomes the goal and becomes the priority um you start trying to figure out and trying to find things and find people and find spaces where it you know it encourages that a lot mm. and that is exactly like that journey is what i've been on in terms of just finding that inner peace you know because yeah. that because that inner peace and that peace of mind is the thing that will kind of balance out the conflict and it's always going to be there but you just it's how you're is how you're dealing with it and dealing with it a lot better mm. um and it's allowing you know god and the universe to work and just bring yeah. those people into your life because when what happens with internal conflict and identity crisis and things like that and and subconscious is that subconsciously you are fighting against yourself yes. to fit in or to be somewhere because mm. you want you almost a you want the pain to go away yeah but you want to feel safe you want to mm. feel wanted you want to feel you know involved mm. you want to feel loved at yeah. the root of all of that and you know it's a human thing like we are subconsciously we're gonna we're looking for the things that make us happy and the things that create us like you know the safeguard around ourselves even if we don't know it mm. and and you know i feel also becoming a lot more emotionally intelligent does help with that because then you start to understand the whys even more and yeah, yeah. You, and you're cool with them you know you, you genuinely accept it and you 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 put yourself in a, in a position to work on it for you not mm. necessarily trying to perform as Kobe was saying for other people in other spaces and working in, a, in an industry where I work where it's very almost encouraged to be performative mm. that almost can t- set you back you know in in terms of your life journey and in, in, in healing that conflict mm. and so yeah and three years ago it was just three four years ago it was just necessary for that to be the case because if that wasn't I I I always had a feeling that I just have to live with this conflict for the rest oh of my, my life oh my gosh mm. and, and that would just be it and you know even that i was ready to just be to accept it because like if this is if i can mm. find peace in the fact that i'm not going to be peaceful then i can't know if i can't curse but yeah if I <laughs> no you can't <laughs> so i'll tell you off <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so be it you know oh our our overt behavior may give signs right of the unconscious forces that that drive that that drive them mm-hmm. so uh, thinking about this looking back do you see or notice a pattern to the types of people you are friends with that you feel safe with do you know what's interesting what's really funny is that like i've been thinking about that as of recent really well, just, like, yeah why like, why are these people in my life or why do i attract certain people in my life mm-hmm. oh yeah i, I think actually, about that a lot you know, and it's funny like even today this morning mm-hmm. when um so and so was at the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I went to um to mums, my mums, and I was just having a look around and just having to think about just the people that have been in my life and just and I you know often think about like how similar you know is how similar I am to my parents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there is something 
about attracting people who are broken or who feel odd or who just need love. Gosh, this sounds painful, Qualms. Oh, yeah, right. mm. but, but but it's but, but, but it's recognizing. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm talking as your auntie. Yeah, of going, oh my boy. <laughs> yeah, no, but but it's, but it's not mm. a only attracting people who are pain. Um, mm. But it's it's wrecking. It's I don't know why I have a capacity to look at someone and be like, you need a hug or you need love. Mm. You know, in my mind, I'm like, I I saw it because in my grand, she would have people who would be defun- dysfunctional around yeah. her all the time. It yeah. didn't necessarily mean that she was dysfunctional, nah. but it's it's the understanding of okay, cool. She, she just showed them ultimate love and it was quite accepting of them. And a love that no one else in the world, even their own parents, wouldn't necessarily show them. For real. And so yeah. when you're naturally and so when you're naturally like inclined to do that, mm. it's like I can see okay why I can. I've had people in my life who have done me like really dirty, you know, and I've had to mm. kind of close my heart heart up a bit. But it just hasn't. I thought about it today. I was like, right, but like, you know, you know a lot of great people because even from the party yesterday, you kind of, you know, you see the people who are, who are in my life who are awesome. But yeah. also the fact that I am like the, I don't want to call it the broken person whisperer, but like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the whisperer. The bro- <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah, nah. <laughs> Get him out of here. Coined a new term. Nah, I like that one though. <laughs> but like, cool. But yeah, man, it's, like it's, 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 it's kind of going, yo, like I'm the first to be like, no, it's cool. Like, I get you. I get you. Like, no, I feel you. I feel you. you. I hear that too. Like, it's the like, amount of people who are just around us. Who are yeah, like, 100%. Right, yeah, cool. Like you, and they've been through mazalines, fam. And you, you, you know some of them as well. And you're just like, oh, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're messed up. But I know why you're messed up. And I normalize it. I don't, I don't make it into a thing in the way that people around them have. You know, I'm like, yeah, because. Well, they'll I, bug I, out and stress yeah, out. Yeah, I'm like, no, no I don't like, want I'm messed up um, too. Like, I said, someone, someone who I met a couple of years ago, she's, my friend to this day, right? she'd come into the country. She was like, she'd been born by, born from a cracking mum. Her dad's in jail, and she just, it'd been in a really, really dark place. And she told mm. me all this stuff, and you know, and how she nearly committed suicide, all that stuff. And my response was, okay, now you just need to make it. And mm. just, just that response to her was like, oh, that is the first bit of just understanding, affirmation. And yeah, mm. I'm saying yeah. that, that you could just work, and so I. I do think about that a lot and it does make me wonder like am I you know I'm, is this because I for a long time have felt odd and broken to a degree and and and, and you know kind of down and out so my empathy level is so high that yeah, it would be that mm. I would say that would play a part into it because that that happens with me too but I would just say what you what you echo what you give off the, the confidence of the continual looking mm. of mm. cool I've been through these challenges but and I know I'm always going to battle them but I'm ready for them and it's the confidence and the and the, the openness of love that that when people somebody that comes across who's had a bit of a hard time had a bit some tribulations they see okay cool this person's open there they're probably someone I can share things with and that's that's where it comes but from how much do you share Coast? that's the thing because like what in terms of you or the, p- the the random person? I think in general because it's like mm. how much of yourself are you giving? Like, yeah, how much of are you giving away to this person? But it's an assumption, isn't it? Right? Because, well, for how it works to me is that I just talk generally and I talk even and I talk a lot, etc. I'm not even really talking about my own life experience and yeah. my pains, yeah. but because you're responsive to their what's what's going on with them, they feel the need then to express or to let you and trust you in their inner circle and then. And then I maybe express some stories that happened to me, but um, that's how I see it. And then people just see 
the willingness to listen. There's not a lot of people in, in today's world that are willing yeah. to listen, yeah. Yeah. regardless if it's positive one. or negative. Yeah. Yeah. Willingness to listen and give people the time of day mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they're not transacting something out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, And that's what I think as us as a family, and I just see even in, in YouTube even more, but that that we do. And, and that's why people, I'd say sometimes we could, yeah. those people stop coming to our life because because we'll just give someone a chance to talk yeah. really we're, yeah. we're not nobody's therapist but we're just like we're yeah. always looking to learn and he- learn about people we're, we're people's mm. people yeah, yeah so yeah, it's sucks. like they, they picked that up especially you yeah me yeah. <laughs> they picked that up and they're like okay cool yeah I can talk 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 and mm-hmm. well, and then I, I guess it, I guess it's what I've been thinking of lately is, is how much is that to my detriment yeah know, of course and, and how you have to protect yourself but I'm I'm really interested in this crumbly because you keep on going back to a brokenness and Mm -hmm. and pain and all of that sort of stuff but where's the place where you say i'm no longer operating in that i'm operating outside of that and if you keep if if you see a pattern of being attracted to broken people and and pain and you know where's the healing where, where do you get past that in a sense? So, a great question. I, I, I feel that, for me, the healing has been in growth. Mm. Um, has been in my son, most mm. importantly. Um, and has been with, I mean, I, I'm a person who, once I understand, like, I, I, I need to know the whys. So once I understand the whys, I can find the happiness in, in those things. And You're not always going to find the whys, though. You're not you always going to find the whys, yeah. but that's, that, that's, that's just me in it. Um, yeah. But the he- yeah the healing comes in in growth and accepting and then doing the work on the things that you'd like to change about yourself. Yeah. Mm. And I I've, I'm currently I'd say I'm in probably the best place emotionally I've ever been in my life because mm. of the work wow. and the healing that I've had to do myself. And you guys have been witnesses to that. And yeah. But it is not it's not an easy thing. Mm. Like when you recognizing oh yeah I'm broken. Like you know, I'm I'm broken in in a, in a few different pieces. Mm. Even that can break you even more because you come to the realization that oh, this is not exactly. And it could be a never-ending cycle of, it. do you know what I mean? Going yeah. down that rabbit hole. Absolutely. Of Absolutely. So, uh, but, <laughs> but 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 even in yeah. that, it's like you know, having to do that work, it, it's meant that I've had to just pull myself away from people and situations and just habits mm. that I would I would have doing I would be doing. You know, like you lot to call me hot for all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? And it's like big I, hot foot. Big hot mm. foot. And now I'm like, okay, well, my bro can do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm good with not having to be out. I'm good with not having to be around people. Mm. Um, mm. I'm good with my own company and happy with what I'm doing. And I can see the fruits of my labor in terms of doing that work. And it, it, as I said, it's very, very, it's very, very hard. And my mm. healing isn't. It's not over, but mm. it's in a place where I can, as as Kofi said earlier, you like I can recognize it. So finding the ways to cure some of the issues have become a lot easier. Mm. And there is and there is a lot of happiness in that. And then when you get to a place where you know you I can actually like for example this year I, I turn around and I was like, yo, I've 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 been consistently happy for a year and a half. With just life being life. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you can have yeah. off days but yeah. they were human. But generally yeah. kind of being like, mm. yo, cool. I'm good. This is th- this feels this feels nice. This feels like it's in the right direction. Mm. And I feel like a lot of human beings, we when we're on the right track with things that we want to do, we naturally have that that you know that new sense of urgency and mm. you know that that new lease on life that just gives us it's a bit of you know that fire comes back inside you. Mm. But it doesn't. 
not everything goes away because you know you're you're a product of like your environments and stuff. Sure. But you you learn how to manage them. Yeah. You learn how to you know, if you if you need to get rid of them, you learn the best ways and the best techniques to do that for yourself. Yeah. Um yeah. and if not, just e- real self real genuine self acceptance. Not you know, I see quotes online about self love and stuff. That's interesting. Self acceptance, yeah. You know, and mm. and all those things, and but genuine self acceptance, I believe, comes from you know asking yourself the hard questions, mm. feeling everything, and then just identifying your patterns. Mm. You know what I'm saying and identifying the, the the things that lead you into even you know like. I'd have moments where I, I, I'm an overthinker, so I can overthink to the point where I can go to dark places. Mm. But then having the tool to be able to be like, okay, you're good here. Like, mm. what, well, where you're about to go is, is your brain just doing a madness right now. But mm. what you're thinking about and what you're feeling is the truth and deal with that truth. I, I'm drawn to something that you said earlier, and I kind of want to explore that a bit more. You said that you, um, you, at a certain point in your life, you search for black men, black boys who had the same sort of upbringing as you. So, would you say that before that, that that you that you mainly hung out with, I don't know, maybe white people or or that sort, or or you know, or black people that were just quite different to to you. Who did you who did you see? Who did you hang out with? Who did you see yourself mirrored in? I, yeah, again, in hindsight, I, I don't know because it was it was what well, I do know. Mm. It, again, it was people who found themselves to be odd. So, for example, I had a best friend at school who was uh, who was a white boy, but he felt marginalized from other white people because they thought that he was a coconut mm. or he was or acts like a wigger. You know, because he was into black culture a lot mm. of the time. Okay. And yeah. um, so un- understanding that. Were, were on the fringes. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like, re- really and truly. It was, and it, it was people who were on the fr- who were literally on the fringes, who were on the edge, who were still seeking themselves, but couldn't, you know, get that understanding from the, the world or from their school or from their immediate environment mm. to give them the opportunity to understand themselves because they didn't necessarily fit into a p- particular box or particular category. So why did you, when did you realise and why did you go, I need to find people who are kind of like me? Well, where did that come from? That was um, for the sake of my sanity okay, and just not trying to, again, perform around people who were I was cool with and who I would consider my friends at the time, mm. but it just wasn't, they weren't all of me. They were just a part of me. Mm. Yeah. And again, there is there's uh, like uh, there is something really great in the fact that I may be, I'm able to be in multiple, you know, be multi. Oh, we have to, we have course, to be multi. You know? But yeah. I needed that that feeling when people talk about, you know, their just their peoples, their tribe, and and who mm. who, they, who they really connect with. Like I I needed to feel that, and I needed to feel that outside of family mm. and outside of the one or two friends who you know were on the margins yeah because most people actually live on the margins like that is also a breeding ground for dysfunctionality because of the you know because of the conflict and because of the search and And yeah the non-acceptance absolutely you know um Mm. so yeah so it was it it was a case where i needed to find that to have another sense of fulfillment that there were other people who would like me out there Mm. and that you know we were growing and and i'm fine if the numbers were small but as long as i knew that these people existed yeah and they could and finally it was like finally they could understand because even with your family and even with you know 
our family and the older generation, it's like there's still a level that you guys won't understand. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, and yeah, because yeah, they're not on the ground. They're not you know, you're not on the ground, and it's it's a different time and it's a different upbringing. Mm. You know, and it yeah, it, it it would just be hard to find the words to describe exactly what was going on and finding my tribe who of people who just felt like they were out, mm. you know, out of the loop was was where I needed to be. So even like again in school, like I had, I had my white friend and my other good friend was mixed race my other really good friend was um was chinese mm. um then my other other good friend was the black guy who was just a bit you know different and yeah. decided to just shy away from his culture and anything that could be black mm. and so and so i'd say if anything the group of us who were in that we were you couldn't really coin us, you know. It was like, all right, cool. We would be in our respective groups and then come back together and link. But up. it sounds very much like other. <laughs> it, it, it's, other. it's literally yeah. other. If if you were to t- on be on a box and tick, you know, it wouldn't be. It would literally be other. Mm. And that was the only safety at the time. But you're, you know, you're. you're we're, we're, I'm safe with a, with a bunch of people who are still struggling and searching for who they are, or mm. at least the base level of who they are. Do, um, do you? Th- I mean, I mean, this is. Who knows what the real answer to this question is, but do you think life would have been easier? This is for all of us, really. If there were, if you found other people who were like you, similar upbringing earlier, do you know? What, uh, does that hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent? I like. I yeah. don't know what we would have gone through together, though. Yeah, that's another question. Yeah, but it would definitely have been. I don't need to bounce around. Um, yeah. Is that not yours? Um, bounce around friends, mm-hmm. bounce around, you know, people and, you know, trying to find like-minded things that we talk about or do, etc. Mm. It would have been a lot easier if we found a group of friends or that were cool, their families were cool. Because mm. that's, what, that's what other people do and they don't really have, everyone has problems, but they didn't really yeah. seem, there are people that I know and I've seen that have, they've been my friends at point, but they've had friends mm. that have stayed their friend for a very long time. Yeah, and that's either because of their family, friends, or, or just because they got on from early, and yeah. I just know, and they're yeah. still friends yeah, yeah, to yeah. this day. Yeah, and they're like the diehards. Yeah, and it's like I can kind of see where they've come from, where their trajectory's gone, and most of the time it's been good. Obviously, some of them hasn't, but that that does happen in life. But again, do you know what? Saying that, I would have, I I'd say not if I if that if I did have that that case and it was easier for my life and obviously not going through the, the, those pains and those tribulations but I'd I think I'd be a different person mm. yeah. and and <laughs> I wouldn't maybe not until maybe I was a bit older and started working etc been able to adapt into different environments as as I've done okay because I agree with that I, I and being emotionally intelligent available for myself and for others and been able to read people um a lot as I can do now mm. if I had one group of friends yeah and just again as well just culture i think i'd be um you know less culturally open yeah 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 no i I, I definitely get what you mean because i i think i'm i'm so much more richer as a person yeah from having had different and, and to be quite honest one thing that my upbringing has has is shown me has given me is that i'm interested in people so mm. you guys know I watch a lot of Korean stuff. I'm interested in what makes people tick. I'm interested yeah. Yeah. in what why that culture is. 
like they are. And that's because I had to find my my own way in life. I had to find out who I am because, you know, I'm completely different from my parents and my parents' mm-hmm. upbringing, you know, and my upbringing are completely different. And I had to find, you know, my way. I had to navigate my way in in this country. And so basically, I think I am so much richer from, you know, having had that experience growing up. Mm. But what it did make me do, you know, for a, for a certain length of time is is that I was lost. I I I was very lost and and I had some very angst-ridden years, you know, trying to figure out who I am and am I black enough? And oh my gosh, I've got too much white friends. I need to get more black friends or I don't have any Indian friends. I need to get some Indian friends or I don't know about this Asian uh, culture. I'm talking about like Japanese, Chinese, that sort of stuff, you know, bloody, 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 blah. But it really was a case of me, you know, trying to, I navigated subconsciously. I realized that I, I navigated to what looked more like me because I felt Kwame, you know, I, I'm very drawn to your words of other and odd because that's how I felt. I, you know, I looked like my cousins, I looked like my friends, but my experience of growing up was entirely different to them. And and so I sought my community from who I felt not looked like me, but was closest to me who I felt safer with and and that was a that was a painful part of my experience I have to say it was I I grew tremendously and it's made me who I am today Mm. but but it was painful would you say that there was a point in your growth and through that painful growth where you know you were on the fence you could have gone one way and just you've gone off the rails as opposed to growing and actually growing into yourself and uh i don't think <laughs> i don't think no my mum that was an option for me <laughs> 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 you yeah. know that i, I mm-hmm. don't I, mm-hmm. I don't think that was an option but i mean it w- it was and no it, it that that wasn't an option for me i have to be i have to be honest i knew that i had to figure it out and I was determined to figure it out and I read books and I had conversations with family and like-minded friends to help me and I mean what it took for me I I said this earlier to to kind of finally get to that place where I was okay with myself was I had to take that I I took that journey to Ghana and I, I I went to the the place where my great great grandfather um, came, yeah. uh, left Ghana. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But I'm. I just want to kind of just say to to everybody out there. I just really want to say thank you so much. I think this episode has left more questions yeah. than I mean, answers, yep. yeah. and I hope that you can you out there can navigate those answers for yourself. Mm. So I just want to say thank you for Kofi for being here today. And thank thank you you for Kwame for coming in. And we just hope you got something from today's episode. This conversation should definitely like happen more because this is, it's it's, it's huge. And I don't, I like, I think it's like, this should be like a two or three part thing that you ask many people because it's, it's, 
we're, we're definitely going to do a series two. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Definitely but, will um, be. You can find me on all the socials. That's where KZ did it on Instagram. KZ did it on Twitter. Um, I don't have anything. At KZ. At KZ. <laughs> At KZ. Check, check the streams. Check, yeah, check Google. Check Word Google. Check there. them. <laughs> that's it. And that's been episode two of the Unheard Conversation. Peace.